Misfits Audio presents Christmas in July by Preston Sturgis. Originally aired on June 26, 1944 by the Lux Radio Theater. Five months ago, the Maxford House Coffee Company offered a $25,000 first prize for the best Maxford House coffee slogan. And in three minutes over the Maxford House Coast to Coast radio program, the winner's name is scheduled to be announced. But something that even Dr. Maxford himself could not foresee has happened. After plowing through a million entries, the bleary-eyed and weary juries hopelessly deadlocked. And now, into their hushed and solemn precinct, Dr. Maxford descends with all the graciousness of a blockbuster. And I'll tell you another thing. What's all this hogwash about a deadlock? Where's the verdict? Answer my question, you idiots! Don't ask us. Ask Bill Docker. She's been holding out all day. I'll hold out forever. A bunch of fat-headed, mealy-mouthed, lame brains. Why I wouldn't agree to a thing like that? Quiet! Quiet! Come on! Don't you know that our program is on the air? Don't you know that the whole of America is waiting for your verdict? That you're giving heart failure to the Western Hemisphere? What do you know about picking slogans, anyway? Why, you wouldn't know a slogan if you slipped on one! If you gentlemen had the combined brains of a glowworm. But we're all agreed, Doctor. That is all except the brilliant Miss Bildocker. Well, let me tell you something, Miss Bildocker. I'm giving you just four second flat to get in line. Oh, no, you're not. I'm a member of this jury, and I'm going to vote the way I think is right if it takes ten years. I'm giving my services free to a bunch of suckers who fell for a lot of drivel that don't allow any... Hello? Oh, we are, are we? Well, that's just lovely. The Maxford House program is signing off the air, gentlemen and ladies, so just take your time. You can stay here till next Wednesday for all I care. Or you can stay here till Hoboken freezes over. You have failed in our promise to the public. We have muffed the most dramatic advertising moment in the annals of commerce, and you made a fat head out of me. The next nitwit who talks to me about a contest had better duck before I swing on him. And in conclusion, ladies and gentlemen, and especially you, Miss Biltocker, let me say that I have seen far, far better heads on a glass of beer. Turn it off, Betty. Oh, may as well. Wishing you all a good... How do you like that? They build you up to a big finish, then leave you hanging on a meat hook. Come on, I'll walk down with you. Oh, let's stay here and talk, Jimmy. It's so hot. That's a great way to spend an evening, sitting on the roof of a broken-down apartment house because I don't have the dough to do anything else. Now that's not so. It's cool up here. Besides, you wouldn't have missed listening to Maxford House for anything. A lot of good it did me. I wish they'd get that contest over one way or another. You start thinking about the $25,000 or even the second prize of $10,000. Or even anything. You said it. And then when you practically got it right in your mitts, they leave you there with your tongue hanging out. Did you really think you were going to win it, Jimmy? I haven't lost it yet, have I? How many contests have you lost? Never mind. But every time I've lost one, I've I've doubled my chances on the next. It's what you call the law of averages. Like when I lost on how many peanuts are there in this window. Well, that doubled my chances on the you fill in the missing word contest. But you lost that one, too. So I was eight to one when I went into the limerick contest. But you didn't win it, Jimmy. Well, that's what makes it such a cinch this time. Can't you see it over there on Broadway? A great 
big electric sign, a guy swallows his coffee and says, If you don't sleep at night, it isn't the coffee, it's the bunk. You gotta admit, that's some slogan. Uh Uh-huh. Well, do you get the point? Do you understand what it means? Yes. Well, it's as clear as crystal. It isn't the coffee, it's the bunk. If you don't sleep at night, it isn't the coffee that keeps you awake. It's the bunk. I know what it says. I just don't understand it. Well, a kid of two could understand it. That Viennese doctor in the Sunday paper, he said that old idea is just a superstition. Instead of keeping you awake, coffee makes you sleep. Now that's simple enough, isn't it? Coffee makes you sleep. It doesn't make me sleep. Well, he says it makes you sleep. He's a Viennese doctor. Jimmy... Coffee keeps you awake. That's a well-known fact. Why are you so pig-headed about it? I tell you, it's a new scientific theory. People only think coffee keeps them awake. Those kind of people are nervous wrecks and couldn't sleep anyway. So I say, if you don't sleep at night, it isn't the coffee, it's the bunk. Do you get it? I guess so. You guess so? What's that mean? It's the bunk. Yes, But do you get the play on words? Oh, Jimmy, you don't need a play on words. Anytime anybody tells you that coffee makes you sleep, you don't need a play on words to know it's bunk. Don't you understand? Don't you understand? It's funny. It it, it means if you don't sleep at night, it isn't the coffee that keeps you awake. It's the bunk. The bed. The bed. With me, it's the coffee. No. Oh, Jimmy, you know I want you to win. I'm just as anxious as you are, and... Gee, when you lose this one, just think how much better your chances are on the next one. Fine chance anybody's got at winning anything if everybody goes around saying coffee keeps you awake. All right, all right. Let's go downstairs and drink a gallon of coffee and see which one sleeps the longest. Oh, shut up. Jimmy? Yes, Mom? Mr. Zimmerman says, will you please not talk so loud? Sure he's trying to sleep. Oh, tell him to drink a cup of coffee. And don't get cold up there. All right, Mom. Oh, Jimmy. Jimmy, you know I'd like you just as much if you didn't win the old contest. That's because you're a sap. I am not a sap. Nix. Two can live cheaply as one, you know. Who wants to live cheaply? Jimmy, what would you do if you won the $25,000? Stick it in the bank. Wouldn't you even buy a little ring or something? Oh. (laughs) What's the use of talking about it, honey? You know I'd spend it all on you and Mom. I'd get you a big shiny car and a swell apartment. Anything you wanted. We'd be happy, all right? Oh, we could be happy anyway. When you say that, you just make me mad. Now, look at my own mother. She's never been to the country for more than one day. Never had any nice furniture. The dream of her life is a Davenport that turns into a double bed at night with a crank. She's never had a decent dress, except what she's made for herself My old man, (laughs) worn out at 48 and died because he couldn't afford a decent doctor. So I earn $26 a week, and you want to get married. And I earn 18. That makes 44. Sure, sure. And you've got your ma, and I've got mine, and then we have a baby, and you have to stop working, and we're right back at the same old 26 again. Except then, there's you and the kid and the two old ladies. Oh, but Jimmy, darling... Nix, honey, Nix. They didn't give you wrists like that and hands like that to spoil them scrubbing floors for a dope like me. A man's got to look out for himself in this old world, and a girl's got to do the same. Instead of fooling away her time on a guy like me. Unless he crashes through. Oh, you make me tired. Then go to bed. Well, that's a nice thing to say. You invite a girl over to your roof and then you yell at her. Listen, if I wanted to be insulted, I could have gone out with a credit manager. Who's stopping you? Well, thank you very much. It's very nice to know where I stand. I'm sorry. Maybe I will go out with a credit manager. Good night. Wait a minute. I'll help you with that skylight. Kindly let go of my arm and mind your own business. No, shut up. Why don't you shut up? Why don't you both shut up? Yeah, wise guy. Now, don't fall down the ladder. I've been down the ladder before. You fell down it before, too. Good night. Yeah, see you at the office. Well, aren't you going to take me? Mm, well, okay. Good night, Jimmy. Good night, honey. Good night, darling. Good night, darling. Good night! Good night.
Charlie. I gotta go into the hall and phone. Tip me off if the boss comes in, will you? Yeah, who are you gonna phone? Oh, the Maxford House Coffee Company. Maybe they picked the winner of that slogan contest by now. Oh, go ahead, Jimmy. If I see Waterbury, I'll warn you. Thanks. I'll be right back. Hey, Al, get a load of that. I wonder what one of those suckers would do if they ever did win anything. Yeah, well, it's easy to find out. Huh? All you need is a telegram blank, some scissors, and some glue. Type it out, cut it in strips, and glue it in. Holy mackerel. Sure. You mean like a gag? We worked this gag on Jimmy. Sure. We'll pick up the telegram blank at lunchtime, leave it on his desk. He'll think he won 25000 bucks. Oh, brother, wait till you see his kisser when he reads it. Yeah. We are happy to inform you that you have won the Maxford House Coffee Contest. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and uh, I was just wondering if the jury's reached a verdict yet on the contest. Oh, they, they haven't? Oh, any minute, huh? Well, thanks a lot. Goodbye. I gotta win it. Gotta. You sent for me, Mr. Waterbury? Close the door, McDonald. Had a good lunch, McDonald? About the same as always. Nothing wrong with your appetite? You feel well? Why, sure. I feel fine, Mr. Waterbury. I've been watching you for some time, McDonald. Yes, sir. It used to make me kind of nervous. Not nervous anymore? Oh, no, sir. Look at this, your morning worksheet. The comptometer you operate is almost foolproof, McDonald. Yet you managed to miss your total by a matter of $11,000. To what do you attribute this? I, uh, I don't know, Mr. Waterbury. Have you troubles at home, then? You play the races? Are you incapable of doing your work? Well, I... Oh, I guess it's the contest, Mr. Waterbury. The Maxford House contest. It's been on my mind. I had no idea it was hurting my work. Oh? And how much is the prize? The first prize is $25,000. Ah, yes. I used to think about $25,000. And then one day I realized I would never have $25,000. And then, suddenly, another day, considerably later in life, I realized something else. I may not be a rich man, but I'm not a failure either. Ambition is all right if it works. No system could be right where only half of 1% were successes and all the rest were failures. No, I'm not a failure. I'm a success. And so are you. If you earn your own living and pay your own bills and look the world in the eye... I hope you win your $25,000, Mr. McDonald. But if you shouldn't happen to, don't worry about it. Now, get the heck back to your desk and try to improve your arithmetic. Yes, sir, Mr. Waterbury. Gosh, thanks a lot. That's all right. Hey, what's this? What's what? This, this telegram. You got me. Kid just brought it in. What's it say? Huh? Wow. Wow. Betty! Betty! Betty, come here! Everybody, come here! Jimmy, what's the matter? What's happening? Honey, honey, quick. Everybody, uh, come here. This telegram. Wow! Boys and girls, here comes a time in everybody's life when you just gotta climb up on your desk and let her rip. Yippee! Oh, my goodness, Jimmy. Yeah, hold on, everybody. I've just won the $25,000 Maxford House Contest. Oh, Jimmy. Jimmy, darling, this is so wonderful. McDonald, that's wonderful. Thank you. Thank you. Look, do you think I could use the company phone for just one call? Help yourself. Thanks. Thanks. Hello? Hello? Oh, Astoria 55970. This is really going to be good. That's where he lives. Hello? Oh, Mrs. Schwartz? I I hate to bother you, but can I talk to my mother a minute? Yes, it's very important. Thank you, Mrs. Schwartz. I'll let you use my phone all you like when I get one. That's the neighbor. She's calling my mother. (laughs) Hey, shh, shh. Hello, Mom? Mom, now, don't get scared. 
No, of course I'm not hurt. Mom, listen, listen. Are you a rich woman or a poor woman? No, I'm not crazy with the heat, Mom. Look, Mom, you can go out and buy yourself anything you want. New furniture, automobiles, new dresses. Oh, the electric washer. Yeah, yeah, the electric washer. You know the one you like, the green one. It's yours, Mom. Hey, Charlie. Yeah? This ain't so good. And the Davenport, the one that turns into the double bed with the crank. It's yours. It's all yours and anything else you want. Listen, guys, this is going to cost us one Davenport. I'll tell the world I got a raise. And how he got a raise. Look, we just got to put him out of his misery. Yeah, some gag. I didn't know he was going to go nuts like this. Hey, look who's coming, Mr. Baxter. Oh, man, Mr. Baxter. Ooh, Mr. Yes, Baxter. everything's Ooh. wonderful, Ma. I'll, well, I'll call you back. What's going on around here? What is this, a football game? Oh, uh, no, no, no. Well, I mean, Jimmy, he's... What are you doing up on that desk? Never mind what you're doing. You're fired. What's your name? Uh, James McDonald, sir. And this is my fiance, Miss Casey. Well, let that be a lesson to you. <laughs> well, what's so funny? What is it? Waterbury, where are you? I demand an explanation. Mr. Baxter, I really see no point in firing this lad. If anybody ought to be fired around here, it's me. Never mind the noble gestures. I'll decide what's what around here, Waterbury. Wait a minute. You don't understand what's happened, Mr. Baxter. These children are part of your family, your business family, and anything that happens to them happens to you. This young man you fired has just won the $25,000 Max House slogan contest. And in my opinion, that's ample reason for this demonstration. Well, I should say it is. Congratulations, young man. Thanks. Now, I suppose I'll have to hire you back at a fat increase. (laughs) Well, uh, I've always liked it here, Mr. Baxter, but a little raise would come in handy. And you really won the Maxford contest, eh? Here's the telegram. And what was your slogan? Oh, if you don't sleep at night, it isn't the coffee, it's the bunk. Well, it's a play on words. It means if you don't sleep at but night... But coffee keeps you awake. I know. Yeah, but don't you see this this Viennese scientist? He says... Very clever slogan, just the same. It isn't the coffee, it's the bunk. Excellent for the entire industry. You didn't happen to get any ideas for Baxter and Son while you're inventing the slogans for our competitors, did you? You know, we make coffee too. I certainly did, Mr. Baxter. I've been trying to give ideas to the advertising department ever since I first came here. But they won't listen to me. Well, how would you like to come into my office and tell me a few of these ideas? Yes, sir. I'll wait here for you, Jimmy. Oh, no, 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 no. You come too, my dear. My, my, 25,000 smackers. So you see, Mr. Baxter, Mr. Jenkins, Mr. Babcock, I tried to find a slogan for Baxter's coffee, too. One that would imply that Baxter's was the finest coffee made. The aristocrat of coffee. Aristocrat? Babcock, revise your thinking. Aristocrat? Oh, no, no. That's been used too much. Oh. And what is your slogan for Baxter's, Jimmy? Baxter's. The blue blood coffee. It's bread in the bean. Hmm, hmm. Jenkins, what's your reaction to that? Oh, I'm, I'm mulling it over. The blue blood coffee. It's bread in the bean. That's it. Bread in the bean. It's wonderful. It is? I mean, it is. I can see it all over the nation, Jimmy. You're a genius. Thank you. And now that you're a capitalist, I don't know how you'd feel about working for a living, but if you care to have a little office here... Oh, you mean all to himself with his name on the door? Naturally. And with you as a secretary, and of course a reasonable increase in salary, I see no reason why we shouldn't shake hands on it now. Oh, Jimmy, quick, shake his hand. Oh, sure. Oh, gee, gee, Mr. Baxter, thank you. That's swell. That's fine. I just don't know what to say. Well, I think you said it quite enough, my boy. Now, why don't you take the afternoon off while we get an office ready for you? I'd certainly appreciate it. But do you suppose Betty could come along, too? Why, of course she can. And a little bird tells me just where you'll be headed. Some little jewelry store, I wager? Huh? Well, I guess you're not very far off, Mr. Baxter. But first of all, I think I'll go over to Maxford House and pick up that little check. Oh, yes. We'd almost forgotten about that, hadn't we? Oh, not me. I hadn't. (laughs) Uh, what was your slogan for Maxford again? It isn't the coffee, it's the bunk. Isn't that marvelous? It isn't the coffee, it's the... But, but, 
It's bread in the bean. That's the one for my money. Functional. Precisely. Well, I don't know how to thank you all. Well, goodbye. And thank you again, Mr. Baxter. Oh, not at all. I had my eye on that boy for some time. A big future. Immense. Jimmy, hey, hey, wait a second, Jimmy. Hi, Harry. What's on your mind? Need a few bucks? Oh, hello, buddy. Jimmy, uh, could I talk to you for a second alone? Could you make it tomorrow, Harry? Gosh, we gotta go over and pick up that check. They might think that we weren't grateful or something. Uh, uh, but that's what I want to talk to you about. <laughs> you see, uh, Charlie and Al and I, we, uh... Oh, McDonald? Yes, sir? Was that, it's bread and the bean? Or just bread and the bean? Oh, it's, Mr. Baxter. You see, just bread and the bean might sound like bread and butter or something like that. Yes, yes, naturally. I don't know why I didn't realize that. Is that all, sir? Of course. Have a nice time, and don't spend all your money. <laughs> we won't. Well, goodbye. 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 Ah, uh, great mind. Oh, did you wish to speak to me, Petty Pass? Who, me? Oh, no, sir. I was just watching them go out. Well, well, it's been quite an exciting day, hasn't it? Yeah. It ain't hardly even begun yet. <laughs> It's 45 minutes later, and blissfully unaware that they're the victims of a practical joke, Jimmy and Betty are waiting in the reception room of the Maxford House Coffee Company. In the office of the president, Dr. Maxford is percolating furiously to the announcer of his radio program. Contests? What good are contests anyway? Why, they make you a million enemies, and all they prove is you've got too much money in the first place. Since you can afford to toss a large chunk of it at some sap who's probably never had a cup of your coffee in his life, but exists on goat's milk. Oh, it's deplorable, Doctor. Has the jury reached a verdict yet? I don't know, and I don't care. Well, maybe if they could hold off until our next broadcast... Oh, no, no, no. That would be the intelligent thing to do. That would be useful to the company that feeds and clothes them and sends their children to college so that they can grow up to be dumbbells like their parents. Well? Well, what do you want? The contest win is here, Dr. Maxford. All right. Bring him in. Yes, sir. Well, how do you like that? Then they've reached a decision. How do I know? I'm only the president. <laughs> Why should that jury of imbeciles bother to tell me anything? I'll have their heads for this. Well, I'll... Well, come in! Well, how do you do, sir? I suppose I have the honor of addressing Dr. Maxford, I presume. Yes, and this is Don Harper, our announcer. And this is my fiance, Miss Casey. Well, it's certainly a pleasure meeting you. How do you do? Congratulations. Thanks. Here's the telegram, Dr. Maxford. Yes, oh, yes, yes. Great pleasure informing you. $25,000. Kindly call and pick up your check. Oh, you aren't by any chance a coffee drinker, are you? Yes, sir, I certainly am. Well, <laughs> that's surprising. Oh, you don't by any chance drink my coffee, do you? No, sir. You see, we're both employed uh, over uh, Yes, the... yes, yes. That sounds more natural. But we could easily change. Sure. I think it would be only fair. Oh, don't bother, Mr. McDonald. I wouldn't want anyone to think that I had any base commercial motives in all this. I just give my money away because I can't sleep at night. I have a guilty conscience. But that's my slogan, <laughs> the one I won with. Oh, well, I guess you know all about that. A, a guilty conscience, eh? I can see that my money's well spent. That's a, that's a wonderful slogan. Oh, no, sir. Uh, the slogan is, if you can't sleep at night, it isn't the coffee, it's the bunk. I beg your pardon? It's a pun. It certainly is. <laughs> Why, I can hardly wait to give you my money, Miss Slidewell. Yes. Bring me that contest check. I don't know whether you've ever had anything like this happen to you, Doctor. But to be poor and unknown one minute and sitting on the top of the world the next minute, 
That's a feeling nobody can ever take away from me. Oh, but it's more than that. It's the knowledge that Jimmy won this contest because he thought up a better slogan than anyone else. You see, I used to think I had good ideas and I'd get somewhere in the world, but, well, now I know it. And that's what I want to thank you for, Dr. Maxford, even more than the money. Here's the check, Dr. Maxford. Uh, how do you spell your name, young man? Is it M-C or M-A-C? M-A-C, sir. James MacDonald. You know, it's customary under these circumstances to have a few photographers present, or even a microphone, or a reporter. But since we do everything here in a highly non-commercial basis, I merely take pleasure in giving you this small check written out with my heart's blood. And that's all there is to it. Here. Well, thank you. Thank you, Dr. Maxford. I don't know how I can ever find words Never to... mind them. Just goodbye. And good luck. Oh, Jimmy, just look at it. Just look. Now, Miss Slidewell, get me Bill Docker. I tried to, sir, when I got the check. But she isn't in her office. Well, where is she? Down in the lobby with a yo-yo? You find her and tell her... Never mind. I'll find her myself. When I... If it isn't the coffee, it's in the bunk. Jumping Jerusalem. You know what? We could get everything here. The ring and everything, all in this one store. Can I help you? Oh, that diamond ring there in the showcase. Oh, it's so beautiful, Jimmy. Holy smoke, I should say so. But here's a ring of more practical dimensions. Fiery little devil, isn't it? Does a magnifying glass come with it? Oh, I was only trying to be helpful, that's all. Hmm... It's immaterial to me how big a stone you'll look at. Don't get fresh. Here, what do you think of this, for instance? Boy, how much is that one? Twelve thousand dollars. Oh! We wouldn't care to spend that much. No, that's what I thought. But I could if I felt like it. Oh, you could. Well, that puts everything on an entirely different basis. Now, you see here... Oh, Jimmy, I'm in love with that one. There, in the case. Well, there's no denying it's a lovely little rock. Well, then I guess we'll take it. Yes, sir. Of course, I haven't got the cash with me, but... Uh Uh-huh. But I've got a check here. And may I see the check? Sure. Oh, he's just won the Maxford House Contest, see? Isn't it wonderful? Well, I'll be. Mr. Schmidt, Mr. Schmidt... Oh, for heaven's sake, congratulations. I might say 25,000 congratulations. <laughs> yes. Mr. Schmidt, kindly cut a groove. If you watch closely, I merely remove the two cushions, press the button marked night, and with one easy push of the finger, it changes into a double bed. Come morning, a turn of the crank, and presto! It assumes the characteristics of the finest Davenport money can buy. It's called the Davenola, Mr. McDonald. Price, $198.50, plus tax. We'll take it. What a bargain you are getting. Beg your pardon? Oh, this is Mrs. Schindel, the owner of the establishment. Congratulations. And the check is good. I just phoned the Maxford Company. How soon do you think they can send the Davenola? Mrs. McDonald's been waiting for years. It's there already. Make it a special, Hilbiner. Do you suppose your mother would like one? Oh, no, thank you, Jimmy. We haven't got room. Well, we've got to get her something. We've got to get everybody something. Well, say, Mom's been wanting a new iron for a long time. She's got it. Compliments of the shindles. Free. She's got it. Betty, we've got to get something for Mrs. Schwartz. And a doll for Sophie. Oh, yeah. And there's old Mr. Zimmerman and the Casey kids. But, Jimmy, we've spent so much. Honey, I, I mean, the ring and the silver fox jacket and... Nonsense. 
The Fennigan kids? And Petrov? And Goldstein? Well, Tony Marzappo. And Mr. Romanoff? Look, you'd better just work up one side of the street and down the other. Wonderful. Okay, Mrs. Schindel, where's the toy department? Well, there's the trucks, Mr. McDonald, all loaded. They'll shoot right uptown with everything. Gosh, thanks. And for you and Miss Casey, a taxi cab. Also compliments of Schindel. Hildener, put in the other packages. Yes, sir. Oh, how can we ever thank you? And that's not all. From Schindel's Fernery, a beautiful orchid for the lady. Oh, Jimmy, look. Orchid. Now, look. Mrs. Schindel, I don't like buying all those things without paying for them. Nonsense, Mr. McDonald. We know an honest man when we see one, don't we, boys? (laughs) Yes, yes, well, Well, of course. course. Well, Mrs. Schindel, why don't you take the check and give me the change? We should have change for such a check. Well, I'll bring you the money as soon as I put the check in the bank. Well, who is in a hurry? Drop in any time. Drop in tomorrow. I certainly will, ma'am. Well... Goodbye. The taxi's already. Thanks. Goodbye. Goodbye. Come in and see us again. We will. Goodbye. Ah, what a boy. What a business. Oh, I'm so happy, Jimmy. Ah, I feel kind of good myself. Can you see the faces on everybody when we get there? Yeah, like like Christmas in July. <laughs> well, Happy New Year. Oh, it will be Happy New Year too, darling, from now on. Everything new and clean and different and just think, Jimmy, no more worry. No more worry. That's the only terrible thing about being poor. Say, what kind of house are we going to have? Any kind you like. How about a penthouse? Oh, they come kind of high, don't they? Oh, I was only... Oh, Jimmy, you... (laughs) Will you love me always? Of course I will. For always and always? Uh, I don't know why not. Might be a long time. Might be an awful long time. I hope so. The longer the sweeter, babe. Mm. (laughs) Gosh. (laughs) Sure, I just don't know what to think, Mr. Zimmerman. Buy anything you want, he says. An automobile, new dresses, furniture... Sure, even a Davenport. Anything. I know. My Irving drinks, too. Only once in a while. Oh, but Jimmy, sure, he never takes a drink unless something terrible has happened. Maybe he lost his job. Ah, but he said he got a raise. A raise? Who gives raises these days? Listen, that noise in the street. What is it? Maybe a funeral. Look right in front of the house. Such a congregation. Look, there's Betty. She's bringing him home in a taxi cab. Oh, don't you worry, Mrs. McDonald. Maybe just a little accident. A leg, maybe, or a finger. Mom! Hey, Mom! There he is. Come on down. You too, Mr. Zimmerman. He's got presents for everybody. Get Mrs. Schwartz. Jimmy, boy, Jimmy. Drunk as a lord in the middle of the afternoon. I never thought I'd live to see it. Hey, now take it easy. There's something here for everybody. And what isn't here soon will be. Three truckloads. <laughs> Wait a second. Oh, here's her doll, Sophie. Hey, where's Sophie? Jimmy! Here, darling, in this box. Hey, somebody find my mother, and look at this, everybody. Look, it's two carrots, too. Oh. Jimmy. Mom? Jimmy. Mom. Mom. What's happened? Are you drunk? Are you hurt? Mom! Tell me what's going on. Mom! Mom! Now look at me, Mom. I'm fine. And everything I told you is true. The Davenport's on the way here and a lot of other stuff. Special trucks. So, wait till you see, Mom. Oh, then you did get the raise then. Oh, glory. Mom. Mom, sit down. Sit down on the curb. It doesn't matter. I'll get you a dozen new dresses. Look, Mom, here's a check. $25,000. Jimmy! Oh! Oh! Hold on to it, and I'll be right back. Hey, somebody find the ice cream wagon. Free ice cream, kids! Free ice cream for everybody! (laughs) 
no, look, Bill Docker, get wise to yourself. If the slogan's good enough for the 11 of us, who are you to say that it smells? You smell. One more crack out of you, Ambrust, and I'll bust you right on the nose. Sit down, both of you. Now look, Bill Docker. The public was promised they'd hear us announce the slogan winner last night on the radio, so we couldn't agree and we didn't announce it. We've got to announce it by next Wednesday, and I think it's high time we talk this over in a nice, friendly way, of course. Talk what over? Everybody but you says this slogan is just what the doctor ordered. Maxford's magnificent and mellow. It's brief, it's smooth, it's pungent. It's putrid. Just why is it putrid, Ms. Bildocker? Because it smells. Well, well, so there you are. Bill Docker, and the rest of you. Playing poker, I suppose. Say we were not. Now, now. Now that the contest is over, I wondered if you would be kind enough to all get back to your offices and clients and sell a little coffee for a change. Or am I becoming too commercial? And, while I'm on the subject, I just want to tell you that of all the groups of fatheads that I've ever had the misfortune to gaze upon, you take the long And what about the contest? Well, what about it? Now that you've killed it, what do you want me to do? Hold a post-mortem on it? Don't you want us to choose a winner? You did choose a winner. Who chose a winner? We certainly did not choose a winner. Well, you certainly did choose a winner. You... What do you mean you didn't choose a winner? I mean, we haven't reached a verdict yet. Well, you certainly have reached a verdict yet. What are you trying to do? Stand there and tell me you haven't reached a verdict yet. We have not. Then, then why did you send him a telegram telling him he'd won? Answer me that. Send who a telegram? McTavish! We didn't send any telegrams. You didn't? Who's McTavish? You didn't send any... Well, you you certainly did send a a telegram. Jumping Jerusalem. Get my lawyer. Which one? Schumel, Schimmel, Abercrombie, and Schlitz. Get the police. Yes, sir. Quiet, quiet. And get me Schindel. The most important thing at a moment like this is to remain cool, collected, collected. Holy Moses! Call the bank! What is the matter with everyone? Call my bank! Jimmy, it's so wonderful. I could cry. It's the best time they've ever had in their whole lives. The, the whole darn neighborhood. Look at them. See what money can do, honey? Things like this. Hey, Jimmy. I'm running out of hot dogs. Well, get another load. It's all on me. Good. Hot dogs. Get your hot dogs. Oh, you didn't forget anyone, Jimmy. A present for everybody. Everybody but yourself. What do I want a present for? I've got you. Oh, thank you, darling. Look, here comes the truck with Mom's Davenport. Oh, she'll love it, Jimmy. She's... Say, Jimmy, isn't that Mrs. Schindel getting out of the truck? Oh, but she didn't have to come down here herself. Come on, baby, let's find Mom. Take it all away, boys. Everything you see, a bunch of thieves and robbers. It happens to be my scooter. McDonald gave it to me. And when I get through with that low-life McDonald... Here, here. What's going on around here? Arrest them, officers. Call these people. Arrest them. Who do you think you are? J. Edgar Hoover? What? I tell you, this merchandise, it's the property of Schindel's. And who's got it now? You've got eyes, these loafers. Anyone enjoying themselves with some of my best numbers. You, young lady, come back with that dolly buggy. Oh, golly, I don't have to, do I? Ha, 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 no. Beat it, kid, beat it. Have a good time. I tell you, everything is stolen, down to the last pogo stick. Stolen? What's stolen? Grab him, officer, that low life. He comes to my store with a phony check, and when I ask him... Phony check? Low life. 
He ain't even had the decency to run away. Hey now, listen you! Officer, arrest this man! Arrest him? You starting that again? Now calm down and tell me what he's supposed to have I've done. I've been telling you! He's supposed to walk into my store and flash a sour check in my face. He's supposed to walk out with a diamond ring, which I suppose I don't see on that young woman's finger, I suppose, and a nice fur coat, which I suppose she ain't showing off in spite of the weather. Hmm. Was Jimmy in the store, Betty? Well, sure he was. So was I. Jimmy offered her a check, but she didn't want to Rubber check he offers me. Who says it's a rubber check? Are you nuts? Dr. Maxford of Maxford House. Maybe he's nuts. Listen, Dr. Maxford gave Jimmy that check himself. I saw him. Sure, if Jimmy says somebody gave him a check, then somebody gave him a check. Now, Mom, Mom, take it easy. It's, it's just a little mistake somewhere. Well, Okay, well. okay, Shindle. Now go on home and think it over. Listen, you. I'll break you in so many pieces. All of you, you're all witnesses. This officer refuses to arrest you. Are you you. trying to intimidate an officer in the pursuit of his duty? Who's trying to intimidate anybody? I only want... I want... Officer! 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 Arrest that man! That's been tried before. Dr. Maxford. Have you... Have you the nerve to even speak to me, young man? What are you talking about? I just want you to tell these people that you gave me a check. What check? What check? What? Why the one you gave him when we were in your office? Let me see it. Certainly. Here. Oh, that check. (sighs) Well, now I feel better. Wait a minute. Crook, destroying evidence. Who are you, burglar? Schindel, you schnook. Officer, officer. I want all of these people thrown in jail. Listen, Mussolini, I'm not... Dr. Maxford, Dr. Maxford, if there's been something wrong, why did you give me the check? Why did you send me the telegram? I never sent you a telegram in my life. I never heard of you. Well, you're not going to say you didn't give me the check. That was entirely a mistake. I suspected you the minute you walked into my office. You mean I... I didn't win? You know perfectly well you didn't win. Oh, Jimmy! But, gee, I... Wait a minute. He's entirely responsible, this Maxford. This is an honest boy, ladies and gentlemen. And this numbskull here gives him a check? I should take back the merchandise I sold on good faith? Driver, take the Davenport up into the ladies' apartment. Enjoy it in good health, my friend. A present... From Dr. Maxford. I'll see you in Hoboken before I pay for anything. And I'll see you in court, where I guarantee you'll pay for everything. Pass the ice cream cones around with love from Dr. Maxford. He's paying for everything, including court costs. Well, there's one present I have for you. Here! Oh, officer, I'm assaulted and my face is all wet. Okay, okay, the two of you. I'll teach you to make trouble on my beat. (whistles) You're going for a ride, both of you. Come on. Just walking. Everybody's gone now. I, I've been sitting here on the steps waiting for you. I couldn't face them, Betty. Look, supper's ready, Jimmy. Been ready for an hour. Yeah? Well, it doesn't matter, honey. You can't lose something you never had. I don't want this old ring or this old skunk. You know what I can't figure out is who sent that telegram? Jimmy. Hmm? Isn't that Harry coming down the street? And Charlie? Yeah, they're carrying something. Well, it looks like it's a Davenport. Well, there's Al, too. Hiya, Jimmy. Betty. What in the world are you all doing? We got something for you, Jimmy. It's a kind of Davenport. Is this the kind your ma wanted? The crank fits on here, and when you turn it... And it makes it into a full-size double bed at night. The guy says it works 
Well. Oh, I don't know what you had to go get that for. Well, we, uh, we kind of hoped it'd make up for that phony telegram we rigged up. It was supposed to be a gag, Jimmy. Just a gag. It wasn't a very funny joke. We're, we're sorry, Jimmy. Oh, Jimmy. Oh, I, I see. I, I, I get it. Well, thanks for the Davenport. You can bring it upstairs if you want. Oh, gee. Thanks, Jimmy. Uh, we was awfully worried. We figured maybe you'd be sore or something. No, I'm not sore. If you're going up now, tell my mom I won't be home for supper. Sure, we'll tell her, Jimmy. Okay, guys, let's lug her up. Jimmy, where are you going? I don't know. May I go with you? Hmm? Oh, if you want to. It doesn't matter. I guess nothing matters anymore. A few hours ago, Jimmy McDonald had $25,000 in cash and a couple of million in self-confidence. Right now, his physical assets total about 95 cents. And spiritually, well, there's more starch in your laundry bag. Jimmy's wandered all the way downtown. Force of habits brought him to his office building. Betty's still at his side, and she says nothing when he takes the elevator to the floor marked Baxter and Son. that? Oh, that you, Mr. Jimmy? Hello, Sam. Be careful, sir. You don't slip on the floor i just been mopping up. Even Miss Casey? Hello, Sam. Funny how different an office seems at night. <laughs> Why, I always say how funny this office looks in the daylight. Forget to turn out the light in Mr. Baxter's office, Sam? Oh, no, sir. No, sir. I don't forget. Mr. Baxter, he's still in there working away on Something or other? Well, you'd hoped he'd be there, didn't you, Jimmy? Oh, and in a way, I guess, I hoped he wouldn't be. Why don't you wait and tell him in the morning? Sure am glad to hear about your good luck, Mr. Jimmy. Uh, you wouldn't be needing a uh, valet now, would you? (laughs) No thanks, Sam. Well, sir, I guess you're right. Pride rides before the fall. But... It sure ain't everybody that hits the jackpot while they're young and all. You said it. Look, kitten. Yes. Hello, cat. Sam, is it good luck or bad luck when a black cat crosses your path? Miss, I always say that depends on what happens afterwards. You said it, Sam. But it sure don't happen to everybody, sir. Oh, uh, your new office is ready for you, Mr. Jimmy. Oh, I see. See the door? The cleaning man just got through. You see what it says on that door? Let's look at it, Jimmy, honey. (sighs) Yeah, Mr. James McDonald. Oh, it's beautiful. Careful. I I guess the paint's still wet. I, um, I guess it wouldn't hurt if we went inside and sat down for a minute. (laughs) Oh. It was going to be nice, wasn't it? Oh. Oh, oh, now stop it, honey. Jimmy. Come on, cut it out now, please, Betty. Well, uh, may I come in? I heard you talking to Sam. Oh, I was just coming in to see you, Mr. Baxter. We stopped in to take a look at the office. Well, I hope you like it. Oh, it's just lovely, Mr. Baxter. Yes, it isn't every young man who gets his own office and a private secretary at your age. A great many of them, I'm afraid, it would go to their heads. But I think you have your feet pretty solidly on the ground. Thank you, Mr. Baxter. I mean it sincerely. Mr. Jenkins and I discussed our little meeting at great length. And I want you to know that we were very genuinely impressed. Genuinely so. Well, that's certainly nice to hear, Mr. Baxter. Yes, the more we thought about your ideas, the more aware we became of their uh, pungency. Their brevity of their uh, sparkle. Thank you, sir. 
It's certainly nice to hear. I Yes, you have a genuine talent for slogans. It must be like having an ear for music. Now take me, I sing flat. And you, on the other hand, are a born sloganeer. It's bread and the bean. Hot diggity! Well, it's certainly wonderful to hear, Mr. Baxter. I've kind of got something on my mind, but you've certainly made me feel a lot better. I'll wager he has something on his mind, eh, Miss Casey? Oh, it, it's really not what you're probably thinking, Mr. Baxter. Oh? Well, it's just this, sir. Now look, if my ideas were good this afternoon, then they're still good, aren't they? I mean, they'd have to be. They're still the same ideas. Well, of course they are. Of course they are. I'm not quite sure that I receive your thought. Well, I... uh, I mean, if you thought the ideas were good this afternoon, you still think they're good, don't you? Well, of course I do. Why? Well, I I mean, since they were good and they're still good, they'd have to be good. And then it wouldn't make so much difference if I... It wouldn't make any difference. Oh, any difference if I hadn't won the contest, the Maxford House contest, would it? Of course it would make a difference. Oh, it it would? Well, it certainly would. But why? I'm no genius, but I didn't hang on to my father's money by backing my own judgment, you know. I make mistakes every day, sometimes several times a day. I've got a whole warehouse full of mistakes. I should say if it would make a difference. You see, I think your ideas sound good because they sound good to me. But I know your ideas are good because you won this contest over millions of others. Yes, but you see, Mr. Baxter... It's what you might call commercial insurance. Like for a racehorse. If a horse wins the Kentucky Derby, well, then he might back him for the Preakness. But I didn't win it. The Preakness? The contest. I didn't win anything. It was a joke. A joke? That's what they meant it to be. Who did? Oh, some of the fellows. They didn't mean any harm. They just wanted to see how I'd look when I got the news, I guess. Well, just you give me their names and we'll see how they look when they get some news. Oh, I wouldn't care to do that, Mr. Baxter. I... Oh, well, it it doesn't matter. What do you mean it doesn't matter? After I spend a whole afternoon listening to a lot of baloney or entirely dedicate upon the winning of the contest and then giving you this office... Oh, but Mr. Baxter, how about it spread in the bean, the blue blood coffee? Well, I don't know what about it. We'll find that out. There's plenty of time for that. But I won't be made a fool of you, understand? I can't go around handing out private offices and secretaries on the strength of the practical joke that I personally consider far from funny. Yes, sir. Yes, sir! It'll be kind of hard to face that gang tomorrow back in my old desk. It'd be just as hard to face him from in here if he didn't belong here. Uneasy lies ahead that... But he does belong in here, Mr. Baxter. Now, what is the joke this time? He belongs in here because he thinks he belongs in here. Because he thinks... Oh, that's all very deep dish and highfalutin, but far from practical. It is practical, Mr. Baxter. It's the most practical idea you've ever had. He belongs in here because he thinks he has ideas. He belongs in here until he proves himself or fails. And then somebody else belongs in here until he proves himself or fails. And then somebody else after him, and so on and so on for always. Oh, I... I don't know how to put it in words like Jimmy could, but all he wants, all any of them want, is a chance. A chance to show, uh, to find out what they've got while they're still young and burning. Like, like a shortcut or a stepping stone. Oh, I know they're not going to succeed, at least most of them aren't. They'll all be like Mr. Waterbury soon enough, most of them anyway, but they won't mind. They'll find something else. And they'll be happy because they had their chance. Because it's one thing to muff a chance when you get it, but it's another thing never to have a chance. Oh, please, Mr. Baxter. His name's already on the door, and he's so... Well, if anything's decided me, that would be it. Oh, Mr. Baxter. Now you've talked enough. The desk's already been moved, and the name has been painted on, as you so skillfully pointed out. So we'll try it for a very short time at at no advance in salary. Do you understand? Yes, sir. And for a very short time. Yes, sir. After all, this is a business institution, not a cultural or governmental project. Oh, you'll never be sorry, Mr. Baxter. Yes, well, I'm a little bit sorry already, just so let it go at that. Good night. Try to be on time in the morning. Oh, Oh, Jimmy, Jimmy! You were wonderful. You've always been wonderful. 
I'm just a little bit leery about me. Oh, don't talk like that, Jimmy. This is the chance of a lifetime, darling, and you know you've got what it takes. You know it. I don't know. I never did know until I got that telegram, and now I don't know anymore. I'm like Mr. Baxter. That's why I understood him and didn't say anything, see? Well, even if it shouldn't work out, it's brought us together, darling, and that's something. Listen, I've still got the ring to prove it, and you can't back out on me now or I'll I'll sue you. We've plenty to be thankful for, Jimmy. Oh, you poor kid. Yeah. Well, let's go. Hmm, there's that cat again. Well, maybe he brought us luck, Jimmy. Maybe. Good night, Sam. Good night, sir. Good night. (laughs) What's so funny? I was just thinking how ridiculous Dr. Maxford looked this afternoon arguing with Mrs. Schindel. (laughs) That poor old buzzard. Bill Docker, of all the colossal gall, what do you mean by coming to my home and waking me up? I've got some good news for you. It took a little doing, but I finally won those clucks over. What a jury. Well, it doesn't matter anymore. This has been the stupidest, the most asinine, the most infuriating... But wait until you hear the winning slogan. But I don't wish to hear the slogan. I don't wish to hear another word about this whole mess. Pick your winner, send him a check, and tell him to soak his head. Listen to this. Is this good? If you don't sleep at night, it isn't the coffee, it's the bunk. Bill Docker. It's what you call a pun, and believe me, some pun. We just sent the winner a telegram, a guy by the name of James McDonald, and why, Dr. Maxford, how pale you look. Just listen to Christmas in July by Preston Sturgis. Originally aired on June 26, 1944. Helen Conway as Mrs. McDonald, Ann Jenkins. Tony Juner as juror number one, Don Harper, Al, Babcock, Mr. Zimmerman, and the kid. Amanda Perron as Bill Docker, Charlie, and Mrs. Schindel. Mary Retread as the narrator, Waterbury, and the vendor. Jennifer Ann Scott as Soapy. Bill Smagada as Mr. Baxter and the policeman. Andrew Turnbull as Jimmy McDonald, juror number two, and Ambrust. Susan Turnbull as Betty Casey and Miss Slidewell. Evan Williams as Dr. Maxford, salesman two, Harry, and Sam. Portions of the crowd were performed by the 2017 First Year Theatre and Drama Study students, University of Toronto, Mississauga, Ontario, Canada. Directed, recorded, mixed, and artwork by James Magada. Executive producer and webmaster of Misfits Audio is Captain John Tatterzak. This is a work of fiction. Any resemblance of characters in the play to actual people, living or dead, is purely coincidental. I'm your announcer, Bobby Owens, for Misfits Audio, copyright 2017. Thanks for listening.